I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Sunday, July 31st, 2022, and this is episode 180 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. Can't believe 180. We're so close to 200. Um, I feel like I should be doing something special for these you know, round number episodes, but I do not have anything special for you today. I apologize. (laughs) I am battling exhaustion because this week's best thing was a polycon. So I just got back today from the event. For those who don't know, it is a very large reader event. It's in Crystal City, Virginia, which is just outside Washington, DC. So it's about an hour from where I live. And it was started by the author, Jennifer L. Armantrout. And so readers come meet lots of authors and get their books signed, buy books, get lots of other things signed. I had a table. I signed everything from picture frames and like autograph books, like normal things to sweatshirts, jackets. One woman had a pot like that she had done in a kiln, like a clay piece of pottery that she was having authors sign with a grease pencil. That was fabulous. I signed a scroll, two scrolls. Uh, So yeah, really interesting, unique ideas and got to meet a lot of readers, sold some books. I sold out of Savage City because I did not bring enough. This is my first time at this event. And so on the Facebook group for authors ahead of time, everyone was like, how many books do I bring? We don't know. So I brought like the number that I saw kind of being banded around and I definitely could have bought double that, but I had no idea. Unfortunately, the bookstore was supposed to have the first three of the Earthslinger Chronicles because uh, for traditionally published authors, they had a Barnes & Noble bookstore on site. And I don't know what their planning process was, but they ran out of books very early. I never actually made it in when they were open to see which of my books they had. I did have a reader come uh, and say that they had bought the second book, but they didn't have any of the first book, Song of Blood and Stone. So that was a big fail because I only brought a few of my own copies because I expected the bookstore to have plenty of copies of those first three books. So I have already signed up for next year. I will know just to bring all my own stuff, even though it will definitely increase the number of books I have to bring from home and I have to order ahead of time. But um, even though I did pre-orders, I sold, like I said, sold out of Savage City I sold of all but two of the Cupid Guild, which is my short story collection of Cupid character, my magical Cupid character. I sold out all that I had of Song of Blood and Stone and Whispers of Shadow and Flame. So yeah, it was a good event and it was a lot of fun. Um, my throat is sore because it's three separate signing events over two days, three three-hour signings. And then there was a panel on the first day. The panel was great. I was, uh, it was a romanticy panel. So basically romantic fantasy or fantasy romance, depending on how you want to term it. And there was some fantastic authors that I was on the stage with. And I got a lot of great feedback from people who had come to the panel and were interested in my books. They hadn't heard of me necessarily, but found me on the panel and wanted to check out what I'd written. So that was a great experience. And also getting to meet, you know, a lot of these authors, I read all of their, you know, I read a book from everyone on that panel and um, just getting to share the stage with them is always fun. Getting to meet other authors and meet some of my friends who I don't get to see, my other author friends, people I haven't seen since probably last Art of UA, which would have been 2019. I think that's when it all fell apart. So yes, 
it's invigorating and exhausting to have these kind of events. But in a certain way, it charges you up to meet people who have read and loved the books and have wonderful things to say or are excited about meeting you and reading, like if you're new, a new author to them. All of that, all of that excitement goes and it helps to fill the well. So I had, I didn't get a chance to read anything while I was there. I would come back to the hotel room and just sleep because it's very draining for an introvert. At the same time, I did have a good time and I know my voice will recover eventually. I might have this like throaty, it, it has lowered, it's, it's lower than usual. Um, but yeah, so that was my weekend. Writing update. In writing news, I am moving forward with my Black Towns book. I made good progress on it this week. At the moment, I do not remember any of that progress. But I did have to do some research again. I think I talked about that last week too. But I did, I did spend more time writing. And I was writing a big kind of meaty scene that took me two days of writing time to get through. But I, I like where I ended. I'm really enjoying the process and I'm liking the discoveries that I'm still making and the tweaks and the polishing. This is my favorite type of writing, the revision. I feel like it's coming together in my mind and on the page. But yeah, I don't have much more to report about that. I am trying to focus on this now and get a good chunk of it done so that you know I still have uh, Beastly Kingdom, the second Savage City book. The first draft of that is there on the back burner. It's waiting for me to finish it. But I, I do feel like I need to you know, present most of my energy on this book right now, just try to get as much done as possible. I still don't have a, a schedule yet, but considering launch of The Monsters We Defy is coming up and launch week is going to be pretty busy, I'm not even going to try to schedule anything until after I get past the launch week, which is only in a week. The Monsters We Defy comes out in a week. However, when I was down in Crystal City, we went to the Barnes & Noble after the conference ended, and it's on the shelves there two weeks early. I mean, I don't know when it got to the shelves, but at least a week and a half early, which was surprising to me. Like, I've, I've seen books be a few days early, but a few weeks? I don't know. So if you're, I don't exactly know what, was it the Crystal City or Alexandria? I don't know where those lines of town lines um, end, but Potomac Yard, Barnes & Noble, it was on the shelf when I was there yesterday. In other publishing news, I am trying some Facebook ads for Savage City, mostly because my very close friend, Inez Johnson slash Shanae Johnson slash all of her other names, basically forced me. She texts me. She's like, I'm in your ads manager and I'm setting up these audiences for you. And all you have to do is send me the graphics and we'll start these ads. And I'm like, oh, okay. And this is the day that I was packing up to leave for a polycon. <laughs> So I was like, because I had mentioned to her, I wanted to sit down with her. She's a Facebook ads master. She publishes, you know, 12, 15 times a year. So she's just does it a lot more than I do. And so I had wanted to sit down with her and have her just like review the ads and what I need to do. Because I do want to promote Savage City, even though it's only one book. I, I think it's good to just start doing some kind of promos in anticipation for the second and third books coming out next year. So she forced my hand. I guess she had some time on her hands and she was like, Leslie needs a push, which Leslie did need a push. Absolutely. And she's had access to my Facebook ads account for years because she's so much better at them than I am. So yeah, set up to, with the audiences set up, there was very little I had to do and that makes it easy for me. So we're testing the audiences for the past few days. We, they were all actually equally good. Just, she set up three different audiences for the ads and how Facebook ads work 
as far as I can tell, because <laughs> I am in no way a master. You need to find people to target. So whether that's a genre, big name authors, book, uh, I think book titles, shows you had different kinds of audiences for urban fantasy and then kind of some kind of black audience. And you're limited to with the names that Facebook has available in its database, I guess. So it's not a perfect system, but you do the best you can. And so we were doing three different ads with these three audiences and they were all very similar, but one kind of came out on top in terms of the number of impressions it showed and the number of clicks on the ad. So now I'm doing some more testing with that audience with different copy with the original copy that we were using and then we tweaked it. And so it's going to be just a matter of iterating, going over and over the process, tweaking certain things and seeing the results, seeing how many impressions, how many clicks, and then how many sales. So this ad is only pointing towards Amazon. I will have the number of Amazon sales I usually get pre-ad in mind and then see if it increases. Hopefully it will. That's the point. But so far it has not. And so it's just a long process of testing the ads trying different things, doing A-B testing, not changing too many things because then you don't know what worked. So change one thing for a couple of days, monitor the progress, then change another thing and test it against the previous thing. It's kind of like QA testing or troubleshooting in software programming or web programming, the stuff that I do, computers, where if someone has a problem, you try to, like on WordPress, for example, you're having a problem with your website. Traditional wisdom is turn off all the plugins because it's probably a plugin or it could be a theme, turn off all the plugins and themes, go to the default, and then turn them back on one at a time, testing each time to see, okay, this one, no, this one. And there's other things like that, where you need to troubleshoot by only changing one thing at a time. Because obviously, it should be obvious, if you change five things, and then it works, and you're like, well, which of those five things was the problem? That's why you only do one. So if I change five things on the ad, and suddenly sales skyrocket, well, I wouldn't know which of those five things it was. So one at a time, I've allotted a budget to this because I know I'm going to spend money and not recoup it on the ad during the testing process, but that is part of it. It's business expenses. You know, normally you wouldn't want to do a lot of ad spending with only one book, but I've created the budget to do it. I'm gathering data and I'm planning for having multiple books. So if I get a good audience and a good ad you know, that I've tested and starts working ahead of time, then I can use that when the next book comes out and the next book and all of that. At least that's the rationale. And also the fact that I wasn't doing any promo for this book. And I feel like, you know, I should be doing something. And I get into this inertia where, you know, you're just, it's easy to keep doing nothing. So that's why I'm, I'm glad I had the push from an external force. It was a whirlwind in her own right. And yeah, I, you know, I'm not excited about losing, losing money, but it's like paying money to get information and it's paying for, um, for data and for this process of trying to figure out what works. And there's a lot of things, uh, that you throw money at in terms of marketing, advertising, publicity stuff that you don't know if it's going to yield any results, but you try it. And I did get paid recently for something. So I was like, I'm fine spending some money to get this information. And I'll feel like I'm doing something for the book, you know, at the same time, like something's happening and something is often better than nothing. So we will see. I'll keep you posted on how my foray into ads. I haven't really run any ads in a while. When it, when Cypher City launched, I ran some Amazon ads for a couple of weeks 
and just part of a launch that I turned those off and really haven't done anything since then. That was March, April. So I feel, I feel positive taking some action. Speaking of taking action, the launch of the Monsters We Defy, August 9th in a week. And I do feel like I haven't taken enough action on that regard. But, you know, with everything that's been going on in my personal life and having to deal with uh, a lot of stuff that I haven't normally had to deal with, time and energy and just mental energy also has been at a premium. So I don't think that I've been, say, posting on social media as much as I normally would coming up to a launch. But at the same time, I'm seeing so much activity around this book that, you know, you never know if your tweets and Facebook posts are making any kind of a difference with the level of audience that I have on social media being relatively small. I don't think so, but it does make you feel like you're doing something. I think a lot of this is about, you know, you don't know what works. You want to do something just like the ads. So, you know, I've been retweeting and reposting things that I've seen from my publisher and from, you know, the bookstore loyalty books where the the signed pre-orders are happening and the uh, event is going on two days after launch. I'm doing an event with Sister Sci-Fi Bookshop. There's a Instagram Live that's happening the day after launch. So I'm doing what I can and I will try to ramp things up this week if possible, but I am just trying to be like, I haven't been able to focus as much as possible because of just extenuating life circumstances that I had no control over. So giving myself grace about that. And, you know, there's always the question of how much of a difference does it make with traditionally published books? You know, it's nice. You want to be seen promoting. You want to absolutely let my audience know, my followers, my newsletter, all of that, let everyone know. Hopefully most of them know, I hope, but there's people, you know, the reach of social media is so strange. You tweet and if you're not on Twitter at that moment in time, if it doesn't get forwarded and, and retweeted, who sees it? Same thing with Facebook and Instagram. And yeah, so sometimes it's like, I feel bad, like I should have been posting more. But if I did post a lot more, would it make a big difference? I don't know. But yes, the launch is nearly here. And I'm excited. I'm exhausted. I meant to reread the book before I had to talk about it. Maybe there'll be time between now and next week to do that, or at least to skim through it again to try to remember, what did I write? I have no idea. I'm on the next book. I'm on the next two books. So, you know, I finished this book a year ago. The lag time also makes it a little wonky where you're trying to remember, okay, what happens? Like I wanted to send out a newsletter last week and that didn't happen. So newsletter coming this week, check your inboxes. And I came across this um, article from Chuck Palahniuk's Substack, which I'm not, I haven't read, you know, Fight. he's the author of Fight Club, if you're not familiar, which I haven't read, I've seen the movie. But um, it was an interesting post, I'll link to it. I didn't agree with it per se, but it's food for thought. And the quote that stuck out to me was, if writing isn't the most fun thing I can be doing at the moment, I should be doing that other thing. And I was like, that kind of goes against the ethos of treating your writing like a job, which it is, you know, it's not my only job, but a lot of authors, it is their only job. I don't know what Chuck Palahniuk has going on in his life, work-wise, otherwise, but um, 
it, it's not always going to be fun. You know, I, I hate first drafts. First drafts are not fun to me, but I push through them so I can get to the part that is fun, which is the revision where I am now. But even that being fun, it's hard work. And I feel drained after, you know, working on this long scene and putting my all into it. You know, like sometimes writing is fun, but so, so often it's difficult. It's work. It's work that I enjoy. It's work that I feel very rewarded from doing. But, um, I just, I couldn't get behind the state, the sentiment to that. If it, it's not the most fun thing I could be doing, I should be doing another thing. That is a weird stance to me. And it's interesting that he feels that way and having written, you know, some very well-known novels. So, you know, everyone's process is different. Everyone approaches their career and their life so differently. And I just thought that that was an interesting take that so far into me, but the rest of the the piece I thought was really worthwhile because he talks about also writing a character that is nothing like him, writing an optimist, a cheery character, which I've had the experience of doing. And it does make you kind of look at the world a little bit differently, which is part of the larger point of this post. So check it out. See if you agree, disagree about his points and feel free to let me know in the comments. I also wanted to give a shout out to friend of the podcast, author Ran Walker, who is a fantastic author. He is one of the recipients of the uh, Black Caucus of the ALA um, Self-Publishing Fiction Award, which I won, and a lot of other accolades. He's fantastic. I really do like his work. And I was looking at his bio this uh, week for some reason, and I saw that he is only writing microfiction now. And I got incredibly jealous, (laughs) like 100 word stories. And I was like, I really want to do that. (laughs) Like, I wish I was in a place where I would have the satisfaction of writing microfiction, 100 word stories, something short and sweet and to the point, and then you're done and you have that sense of completion. I'm writing 100,000 word novels where they're taking me months and months of time and I'm getting stressed out about it. And I think it's fascinating that a couple of years ago, apparently he made this switch. I don't know how long it will be for, but um, you can check out his microfiction, short stories, novels. He does a little of everything. And just that, yeah, that jealousy is washing over me, Ran. So I'm going to have to pick your brain about the whole microfiction thing and focusing on it. Because at this point, you know, it's going well, my writing, it's fine. It's all good. I keep telling myself that. But that jealousy that like, the grass is over, always greener over there writing 100 word stories. It's like calling to me at this point. I've got several more books to write. I'm, I'm contemplating a break. So Blacktown's book, two more in the Savage City series. I've got a book out on submission right now. That's four I'm committed to. And then I'm thinking of taking a break. And this will be sometime next year, late next year, maybe 2024 by the time I finish all of these. I mean, there's so many more stories I want to write, but um, I'm getting slower because I've had this pace for several years and it's real. I'm tired and I do have a lot of stories that I want to tell. So I don't want to take a break, but I'm wondering if creatively and just uh, spiritually or something that might need to happen in 2024. <laughs> Maybe by then I will be rejuvenated through writing these books and that I really do want to write. And, you know, I've got a long list of other ideas. 
Anyway, could be just the exhaustion talking. So my goals for this week, continue writing and prepping for my release and just trying to take it day by day and get done what I can get done without driving myself completely insane. I will talk to you next week and I hope that you have a wonderful week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the Footnotes newsletter, get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can email me at podcast at lpenelope.com. I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcast.